Garfiri Japan. And welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Fit Japan. I'm your host with the most, Tom Tom Tokyo. And we also have, joining us today... Jeremy motherfucking Deschner. How y'all doing? Yeah, what's up, man? And I do believe this is uh, episode, what is it, uh, 659? Am yeah, I correct? Before, before we go there, Mr. Tom, can you tell me what Japan, like Got Faded Japan is about? Yeah, it's about... Two dudes, booze, Japan, and the news. And oh, I guess, yeah, it, it yeah I guess uh, right now, uh, Jeremy, I guess it's just you and me rocking the mic. Uh, Johnny is an absentee. He said he had an. He, he said he was not an art sh- art shows all weekend, and he was screaming at the top of his lungs. His voice is blown out. Yeah, I saw some of his posts on Instagram. It looked like a, a lot of fun. Uh, there were some bands there, and he was doing live painting and shit. So yeah, it sounded like a, if you're in Tokyo, that would have been a good time. Yeah, man, that's cool, man. Like, yeah, summer's coming. I think uh, we mentioned this earlier. We talked about this earlier, but uh, summer's coming to a close. A lot of the good events are kind of winding down a little bit. Yeah, the outdoor ones. So what what happens in Japan normally is that once winter hits, um, it goes from one extreme to the other. It's like super dick stuck to leg, hot as nuts outside. Then it goes to extremely fucking cold. And then they move those events indoors. So you'll get like a lot of indoor events. Which has been weird with Corona and everything because, uh, you know, for the last couple of years, everything's been canceled. Mm, that's right. Yeah, right now, um, yeah, because the Corona fucked everything up, man. But I think there were still a few uh, good events. They had uh, Summer Sounds, which is a huge party I wasn't able to go to. I went to those previously in years past. Those are big, like, AAA parties. They're huge outdoor fun. Uh, I think uh, the the summer will stay warm because Agehaz having another event. I think the first weekend of October, so coming up. I thought they closed that place. Uh, they did, but that doesn't mean the company isn't still around doing events. Okay, so where do they do these events at? Oh shit, I'd have to check, but they they got some rental space out there somewhere. But they've they've got all the connections, and like they've got a bunch of A list DJs that are super famous. Right on. Uh, a few few foreigners like to bring in the crowd but like a lot of them are like if, if you're into japanese music you know the japanese club scene looks like there's a lot of really like a-listers in there i just found a badass japanese um metal band it's basically the japanese uh slipknot so they're called crossface they're they're really good uh-huh. okay. yeah i like them i found them somebody said play it at, you know at the bar where I, or uh, that i own people can come in and request music and they said play this and i'm like sure and i started playing i'm like these guys fucking rock dude i was really impressed that was pretty cool yeah hey yeah Tom, you know spe- speaking oh, oh, go ahead, yeah speaking of also like rocking man like you just saw like a, I, I i finally did get a chance to sit down and watch it but that the uh the netflix documentary on woodstock in 99 that? that was pretty fucking epic because i was actually there you were there yeah i was there there oh wow like where did you sit and like what did you see and what was that experience like 
man. Like, okay, first of all, I will say like the the documentary was very accurate and nailing down like what actually happened. I didn't agree with every opinion in there, but like they had a lot of accurate info in there. But yeah, this is what happened. Like, this is a three day event, maybe even like four day. Like, they might have had some festivities going on there before, but like the first day was wasn't really anything special because it was um they called it emerging artists. And it was supposed to be like the people that were the next up and comers. And I don't think any of them were and most of them sucked, to be honest. Any anyone uh in particular that you remember? <laughs> I don't know. Like there's one like dumb band called Mo. And it's like, hey, we're three guys named Mo. So we thought our name our band, Mo. And it's like, hey, Mo. I suck. Yeah. yeah. Hey Mo! Hey Mo! Mo! <laughs> Mo's Tavern, can I take your order? <laughs> Is there a Seymour Butts there? <laughs> Is this a Seymour Butts? <laughs> right? Yeah. Let me check. IP free. I'm looking for IP freely. Yeah. I need to see more butts. Yeah. Yeah. IP freely. Yeah. Wait till I get my hands yeah, on no, you, so, little jerk. Yeah. Yeah. So good. But, so good. Uh, no, I went there. I, I didn't go there like to see if I could net shit. But it, was, it was okay because I went with uh, two uh, women. Uh, one of them I was kind of dating at the uh, at the time, and the other one was just a friend. So we, we went up there, like New York, uh, one of the suburbs mm-hmm. in New York, and then we went we, we jetted up there, and it was cool at first. But like until we started realizing, like uh, the, the, the documentary again accurately tells us how much they're fucking price gouging you. It's like two two dollars for like a slice of apple pie that you eat in like four bucks, or sorry, four four bites. Right, right. But and I mean, then, it's like, an event. Like, six it's bucks for like a bottle of water. What's that? Events always overcharge. Yeah, they they do, but this is this is particularly heinous because we already paid 150 bucks for a ticket, and actually bought my ticket. I didn't gate crash because there's a lot of gate crashing. There's people just out there just pissed off like teenagers that couldn't afford the tickets, and they started you know rattling the fence and everything. Next thing you know, fence went down and just ran ran in there, and I was like, oh shit! Did you see that happen live? Yeah, I did. I saw that. That was that was actually that was within like the first day or two like, before things got really bad. As you see in the documentary, it got really fucked up. What this is what happened. This is my story with me. So, like, I think in the f- after, like I said, the first day was shitty. Nothing really special happened. And then, then the next day, like, uh, I got to see Offspring, which is like the middle of the afternoon. Cool. And I actually got separated from the two girls I was with. Because, <laughs> like, and we even planned about this just in case we get separated. We're going to meet over there by that tower. But for whatever reason, like, fucking wires got crossed and we didn't find each other and I, I couldn't find their car in the parking lot because the thing was so damn big but yeah like we're just the, we're, we're seeing offspring play and like there was just like a way we're right up front and then like this crowd just like we got hit like i went one way and they went the other right and that was that and then like, i didn't see them for like two days until they picked me up from the homeless shelter i was on my own you were you like, literally a homeless shelter I stayed wherever the fuck I could, dude. Because I saw I saw that, and then I just like was like, "Well, fuck it." Like, I I tried to find him, obviously, but like I was like, "Well, I did come here to see bands, so I'll just fucking go see bands." Yeah. So, like, what was the homeless center like? Uh, it was it was overcrowded, and there's a lot of tents, and they gave you like a space blanket. That was that was towards the end. Oh, okay. Kind of like whatever. I was just like, yeah, just can you just hook me up with a payphone and I'll just call my parents, collect and beg them for a bus ride to go home. And if I can go whine to my parents, because like my parents are like, do not fucking go to this. And I was like, right, right, right. fuck it, I'm 19, I can do what I want. 
And it's my money. And like, well, in all fairness, it, I was 19. I was a legal adult. I was like, I'm fucking going to this. And, yeah. And my, my parents like, no. And I'm like, fuck off. I'm an adult. I'm going to go. Yeah. Oh, even, even before that for me, like, uh, cause I was working a factory job. It was good money, but it was like kind of shit because you realize some of the, some of the people that work there are just dipshits. Oh dude. I, I worked a factory job before. I know what that's all like. Uh, I, I was in uh, Georgia and I worked at this place called uh, Peachtree Doors. And basically I had to stand in front of this giant oven. So between, between me and the oven, there was this like a, like a, like hangers with doors like the doors come in and you put them on the hangers and they're razor sharp they're metal right they're metal doors yeah. and you have to wear these special gloves and you put them on the hangers and then they they go and they get sprayed with this like uh anti-rust and anti you know paint kind of primer and then they go into this giant oven it comes back around this way and it, and it goes back into this giant oven and then it goes in there and it's hot as fuck dude you're just dripping sweat and and putting those like razor you're grabbing razor sheet sh- sharp sheets of metal that are shaped into doors and putting them on this conveyor belt it was hell yeah this it sounds pretty bad like um I don't know if my factory working job was that bad. I, I got shipped around doing different stuff. We were putting together uh, semi-truck trailers. It wasn't even really that. It was just like the, the people there that worked, worked there are dipshits. I mean, like, I understand that everybody's got cut out to go to university. Yeah. But at the same time, you got like 18, 19-year-old kids that are like, you know, kids that are having like, that have got two or three kids of their own because they don't know what a fucking, they haven't figured out what a condom is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's just some some dumb, dumb, dumb motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, I, I've I've been there. And I experienced that. Like, I I don't even want to get into like some of the shit that they talk about, like at work when you're when you're working in those kind of places, man. That's crazy fucking shit. I can't yeah. believe people actually think like that. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, and, and another one, like yeah, and the, probably I will say that one of the dumbest things I heard was like everyone's like, "How did you pass your drug test?" Because like they have mandatory drug screening. Yeah, and like <laughs> I'm like I didn't do drugs. That's yeah, that's the easy sim- way to pass. <laughs> it's like. How did I pass it? Well, I didn't fucking do any drugs, so there you go. There's I that. Always lie, I always lie to them and tell them, oh, dude, here's what you got to do, man. <laughs> you got to eat baby powder. If you eat baby powder, it takes all the drugs out of your system. And they're like, <laughs> go and try eating now, you know, you know what some of these dipshits were like, one guy's like, oh, yeah, dude, here's what you do. You drink a cap full of bleach. I was like, excuse me? Yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, 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 dude, dude, don't worry. You can't hold it. You won't hold it down. And you, you'll puke it back up. But that'll, like, you know, clean your system out. So you, you, you'll you pass your piss test. Sure. And I'm like, I'm just looking at him going, how, how are you alive? Yeah. No, dude, you got to pour bleach on your helmet, bro. Right? <laughs> you got to get helmets? in the hole. You got to get the, the one upstairs and the one downstairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to get the bleach in the hole, buddy. It's not going to work <laughs> unless you get it in the hole. <laughs> pretty much so like, yeah like, i did that and i'm like yeah but anyway so the reason like i mentioned that is because like i wanted to go to woodstock but like how do you say i just got hired there and like you have to like work 45 days basically like six weeks otherwise they can potentially fire you right on however luckily i had i had the i had the cool for man because like you know you know like this dude was like he, he was like he was he wasn't a huge guy but he He's kind of older, kind of tough looking, short blonde hair and like a long ass like blonde goatee, obvious tattoos and everything. And I was like, oh, you, you can just tell, just tell by looking at him. This guy's an old school rocker. And I was like, hey, I want to go to Woodstock. And he's like, fucking go, bring me a t-shirt. Oh, that's awesome. I was like, you sure? 
Yeah, he's like, are you sure I'm not going to? He's just like, no, 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 no. I will, I'm your foreman. I will take care of it. Well, good. And actually, after missing a bunch of, after missing a couple of days to, to to do it, I brought him back a t-shirt. He was new, my new best friend. I came back and found out. I, I actually, I was technically still at work because he's been clocking me in and out. Well, that's cool. That's cool. I had some. Yeah, I was like, so I got fucking paid for that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, man. Like, yeah, I just gave him a fucking concert, but yeah, a uh, concert t-shirt. But yeah, dude. Cool. So all the shit happened. Like, uh, what, what did I see? Like, yeah. So the first fucking first night that happened, and then like I saw Corn live for the first time, and that was fucking nuts. Like, it shows a documentary. Man. Yeah, yeah. But like, I think John Davis, like they were interviewing him for the documentary, he said that was the best show they ever fucking played because nice. like you can just see the crowd, the, the crowd just fucking like moving with the sound, like this big wave going back and forth. But like when I was there and they came out, they opened up with Blind. Wow which is fucking like that's that's got it like the intro and the build up to do you know when it builds up yeah then he screamed are you ready and like you see as as the intro is starting the mosh pit started to form and i've never been in a fucking mosh pit like that crazy because when you're when, when you're that age basically until your teens until well actually well into your 20s you basically think you're fucking invincible right here's what i saw the hugest mosh pit i've ever been in and people were just getting tossed like rag dolls and i'm a bigger guy too and i was getting knocked around too yeah but i saw one guy who was who was a fucking huge ass motherfucker like you you and me are both big guys but he was a head taller than me and he was in there he wasn't in there to like mosh and have fun he was in there to hurt people he was fucking people up he came out swinging yeah yeah what what a fucking asshole like don't get me wrong like mosh and like you, you expect to come out a little bit battered and bruised but there's a certain etiquette you're not in there to fuck people up right you're just kind of blown up steam uh, this guy was doing it, and then I saw then I saw fucking two guys that are about my size. And they looked at each other, started talking. They go, yeah, yeah, yeah. They came up behind him and just like fucking like hit him on each side, and they just launched him. Good. This guy flew, and then yeah, fuck him because he deserved it. But 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 I heard. But even over the fucking like thunderous like the baseline, I heard him come down on his knee, fucking shattered his shin. I heard I heard it over the fucking baseline. So he he fucking screamed like a little girl. He got carried out. I saw another guy with spike brass knuckles punching people. He got jumped by about five or six people because he was he was being an asshole too. And I was looking around, going, "It's attempted murder." I've been in mosh pits before, and like, yeah, and I've been in mosh pits before, but this is like, I was like, "Fuck this!" Remember what I said about be feeling you're invincible when you're that age? I wasn't yeah. feeling very invincible, so I, I fucking like, you know, after a couple of tracks, you know, I I, I crowd surfed out, and I just fucking found a place on the hill and just watched the rest of the concert. I was like, "Fucking, I'm not doing that." Sounds like a couple of those nerds thought they were in Mad Max, dude. Like Thunderdome and shit. Yeah, dude. It was that was in the wildest. Like, because I've seen Pantera and I've seen Metallica and I've seen a lot of these other like you know like heavy and hard groups, but like I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, that's pretty. But, yeah, so yeah, that was pretty fucking nuts. So then, yeah, I wandered around, managed to procure alcohol here and there and whatever. At nineteen, that's and then just good. fucking. What's that? You were nineteen and drinking beers. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, well, dude. Oh, yeah, I shouldn't. I should mention another thing. They also mentioned there. People were just openly doing drugs, like any substance you can name, and the cops were just rolling on by and not doing shit. It was like everybody was doing it. So what are the, what are they going to do? Throw everybody in jail? Yeah, impossible. Yeah, right. So it was it was just fucking. It was it was almost kind of Mad Max because like you're walking around, you're seeing people fucking walking around naked. Chicks with their titties out, 
Like one, one of the first, first things I saw when I walk in there is, is like this pretty hot girl was like walking around like completely naked, just wearing sandals and body paint and said, I'm naked. Why aren't you? And she was getting aggressive about why, why everybody else wasn't naked. Yeah, uh, that that's probably not, not going to end well for her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the thing. That's, this is the, and, and, and another thing they mentioned in the documentary, which is a huge fucking problem, is like girls were going to crowd surfing. They were just getting molested by asshole dudes. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, there's just, there's always one loser there who's going to take advantage of that and try to do something. Well, that's that's the thing. I admit it was fucking problematic because there wasn't one loser. It was a lot of guys were doing it. And like I, I will I will admit that not everybody was doing it. Like, dude, if if like. It, I was in the crowds as well. Fucking chick came out of my like, you know, just try to, you know, pass her off. No touch her naughty bats. Just, you know. Yeah, I'm not even going to do that much. I'm just going to stay in the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, do but anyways. Involved. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but like she was crowd surfing naked. And she of course got fucking molested. And like, you know, then then like whatever. Like she she fucking walked up. She fucked off with like a couple other dudes just followed her. And I'm just like, yeah, she's gonna get fucking stuff so, like a Thanksgiving turkey, and she'll probably enjoy it too. I don't. I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't think that anybody enjoys that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Everyone it teaches their own, I guess, right? Right. Yeah, You've so been to concerts in Japan. Like, what, what's compare going to live uh, live Woodstock and the live concert in Japan? Well, how do those two compare? Uh, Japan's nothing, man. The crowd, people are polite and and civil and everything. Yeah, they they pretty much dance and ship, and they don't get loud. They don't get boisterous. They they kind of just keep it keep it to themselves, you know. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen like uh, I've seen Infected Mushroom play a couple times, a bunch of times actually. That was pretty cool. Like you know, people just dance and shit. And I saw Underworld Live. That was cool. A couple other groups here and there. So yeah, yeah it's, just, it's compared to like you know fucking everybody getting nuts. And, and again, like you mentioned in Woodstock, like there's a lot of like metal, like really hardcore aggressive music in there. So. I don't think that yeah. changes anything. I think it's just the the people all together. You know, you get, you get dipshits no matter what kind of music they're playing. Yeah, that's fair. Fair enough point. Yeah, so after that, I, like, I think I fucked off and like, fought, or, like slept outside in somebody's lawn furniture. Wow. <laughs> Randomly. Yeah, because I, try, I tried sleeping in a movie theater and couldn't do it. Again, again, I was on my own. So I, I did that and I just like fucking slept and this chick like gets out of her tent and I was like, oh shit, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. I was just like, I was kind of, I had a bit to drink last night and I just found a place to pass out. And I didn't mean like, you know, I don't, I don't mean to like disturb you, ma'am. I just, you know, it's okay. I'll go. She's like, oh no, it's cool. I hope you found it like, you know, comfortable and everything. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. She's like, hey, you want to go take a shower? And I was like, yes, I do. What happened? So I, w- I was also thinking, cause like, I'm <laughs> like, I was with a girl at the time, but we were long, long distance relationships. So it was never really clearly defined. I'm like, but it was understood. Like if she's around, like we're an item, but if she wasn't. I was like, eh, to take a shower with this girl, this uh, lady, uh, this nice lady. Yeah. So she walked over in a bikini and they had like the mist showers going. And, like, no one got naked, unfortunately. Oh, but I was like, still, like, well, I was thinking, I was like, fuck. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So we did that. And like, uh, I saw Fatboy Slim spin live. He still sucks. I've seen him, I've seen him since then. I've seen him in Japan. He's, I, I like his music. He's a great producer, but like, he cannot DJ for shit. Yeah. Are you good at it? Yeah, oh, actually, I, I am. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's cool. I got a I got a whole DJ setup. I, I just I'm learning how to do. I still suck. Oh really? Yeah, I bought uh, can, a, I bought the old match DJ. properly. Go ahead. What'd you say? It, can you beat match properly yet? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
The, uh, I use the, a laptop to do it, so it's 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 not hard. Ah, uh, you use a laptop. So you're, you're not a real DJ. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I'm yeah. not trying to be a real DJ. I'm just trying to learn how to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, but like, yeah, I can do it. Like, I, I got the professional setup and everything. I used to DJ for a long time. You know that? No, I didn't know that. I had no idea. Yeah, I, did, I did for a long time, but like, uh, basically. Yeah, when my wife got pregnant, I voluntarily gave it up. Cool. And I gave it up because we're expected. You're, you're, you're a DJ first and foremost, but you're expected to be a promoter and bring people. And like, I'm getting older, and like most of my friends is getting older. Like they're married and have kids and can't come out as much. So it's like every every, every year that went by, like you know, I had a good successful run, but like every year that went by is getting harder and harder for me to bring people out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when I was in my twenties, it's like, yo, the party's over here, and it was just easy just like throw some at throw some posts up on facebook and people just come yeah but now yeah when you're when you're in like late 30s it's like mm, a little bit more difficult and also like the staying out all night thing is just Sucks. yeah it was just yeah like, I, 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 yeah i had honest to god i had days where i woke up went to my high school did my high school job took taught all six periods straight with only 10 minute breaks between plus a short lunch break, then went and did English club, then went to like a couple stops down on the train station, then did like a couple more hours with kids and adults, like teaching, then went, didn't even have time to eat a proper proper, uh, dinner. I would go back, munch a couple sandwiches and rice balls on the train, go to the club, attend the meeting. Then after the meeting's over, it can kind of relax a little bit. You can, you can sneak out and find a beer or two. And then like, yeah, just like, then the club opens, you start mingling, you start partying, drink, socialize, whatever. Then hang out, play, usually play a later set because like I kind of play hard and heavy. So like I usually get booked to do later sets and then like, mm-hmm. yeah. So like that begins like with me like waking up at like, you know, getting out of bed and leaving the house at like seven in the morning and not getting back until like on Friday morning, then not getting back to my house until like sometimes noon. Because like the clubs finish at five, but like if, if you're like part of the staff, they'll they'll keep it open for another hour till six, and you, you can have the after party. And that's when that's where you get your major deals, and you can mingle with like some of the like big movers and shakers, some of the important people. So you want to stay for that, and then after that, a lot of those guys are on like fucked up hours anyway. So like they'll want to go out to breakfast. Next thing you know, you out for breakfast, and like you're about ready to fucking pass out face first in about bowl of ramen. Yeah, I know. And then you got to find my own way home. So, like, yeah, it's basically like fucking noon. Then you walk out and go, fucking sunlight hits you like a hammer and you can't fucking sleep. So, yeah, then that's Friday. And the rest of the weekend just kind of fucking disappears because you're like, oh, fuck everything else. I ain't going out. I ain't doing shit. It took way too much out of me. So, yeah, I I like doing it. I had a really good fun, really good memories. And other other than me being a father, it's probably some of the best memories I've ever had is being on stage and make the crowd jump up and down. That's cool. Um, yeah, that's cool. That was the past, but right, right now, like, would I do it again? Yeah, sure. If like, if I could get bookable events and like things weren't all fucked up because of COVID, I wouldn't mind. But like, some of those on, on lighter parties, I'm like, what kind of yeah. what kind of a gear do you use? Uh, I have Pioneer at yeah, my same. place. Uh, uh, CDJ two thousands and mixers and eight hundred. I think I I got the DJ four hundred. Uh, set it's a it's a board it's the uh-huh. mixers, everything all together yeah and that connects uh, to it's got one with all the ones yeah yeah um, i told you i'm a beginner dude so i just knew that and then also 
it hooks to my yeah, laptop. It, yeah, if you're a beginner, you don't need anything fancy because no. like those all in ones are actually, actually kind of nice because they're portable. Yeah, yeah, I got I got it into a, in, in its own little case and everything. I can carry it around. And I got a speaker yeah. that goes with me. Yeah, although I, I will say, with it. yeah, if you do spring for higher higher level equipment, some of the, some of the bells and whistles they have on there's probably a bunch of buttons you wouldn't know how to use, but like some of the some of the like graphs and charts like the track graphing. Mm-hmm. You can see it kind of helps if you're a beginner. And there's there's little things that can make it a little bit easier. Yeah, I have that on my software that comes with it. So yeah, I get all that. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, so, so you're probably all right. It's pretty good. And then like uh, I, I, I'm doing a DJ. I'm doing a DJ night um, on September 17th at my bar. So we we've got okay. a, we've got a couple DJs. We've got three DJs coming in actually that are gonna do uh, two sets each. So it's gonna be a long night. It's gonna be really good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so if anyone's in Fukuoka, you got a dance floor, you got space where people can dance. Yes. That's cool. Then then it's a done deal, right? It's a done deal. This is like my third one. So I've had two two success ones before that. Well, hopefully, maybe things will maybe things will work out, man. Maybe eventually I can find my way down there. Maybe I can uh, spin a set or two. That'd be cool. Probably a little bit rusty. That'd be all right. Get work work out the kinks, man. Right, right, right. Hey, Johnny you used to DJ as well. Like Johnny, actually, he can DJ. Like, because uh, he came over to my place, I was just like, oh, no, can I, can I fuck around with your decks? I was like, all right, man. But he used to go old school vinyl, which is like pretty hardcore. That is hardcore. But, I got like, it all digital. I have everything on. I, I yeah. use a software, and I use um, a music source called Beat Source. Mm-hmm. They have all the music on there. You can just search for the music and then cue it up and have it ready to go. Loaded on your decks, yeah. That's cool, yeah, man. Yeah. All right. With that being said, man, let's get into the news. Let's take a little break and then let's hit the news. Oh wait, wait, one one quick thing. I did look back to Woodstock though. Like, all right. What what this? Would you? What you see on the third day where everything gets fucked up was true. (laughs) Like how they just set everything on fucking fire and they're pissed off because like they were supposed to have like some big act come out at the end as a surprise they didn't and the price gouging the people just place being fucking filthy and fucking unsanitary was absolutely true i didn't really take part in the riots i was just kind of like fuck it because i just i saw shit kicking off and i was like after three days of like absolute mayhem and i was like no so i literally just like yeah i I didn't either I, i i kicked down part of the wall like maybe one panel and i was like okay that's out of my system (laughs) <laughs> that was the most I did. I, I, I didn't like fucking like start looting any of the places or anything like that because I, I know some of those shops got knocked over. And, yeah, like, they were looting. Like the, the two girls that I went with said, like you know, people just ran in, ran in, started ripping the place apart and started tossing t-shirts out, and they, they came back with a bunch of free merch. That's fucked. And shit like that. Those yeah, guys, it, 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 who own those shops, fun. pay for it, man. Ooh, yeah, well, hey. they shouldn't have been fucking price, price gouging though. There's there are plenty of re- places that were re- charging actual reasonable like fees. Yeah, and there were some that weren't. All right, man. Yeah. Uh, that being said, let's hop into the news. All right, sure, man. Want to take a quick, quick break? Yeah, take a quick yeah. break, and we'll be back with the news. So we'll see you guys in a few minutes. Eight Stars American Bar, located between Daimyo and Yapu. Come get your party on. Hey yo, what's up Vaders? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I can probably sell it to you. And I tell you what... 
If I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks, but if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Prepa. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right. Over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need. And of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors. Located comfortably in Asagaya. About five minute walk from the station. Mitsuya Liquors. Are you in Harajuku with some out of town friends or your family or significant others? Yeah! Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah! And the flavor's gonna make you complete. At Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita Street. See you there! Yo, what's up, faders? It's your boy, Johnny. I have an opportunity for you. Well, in fact, I have 50 opportunities for you. A few years ago, I painted all 50 American states. And in each and every state, I painted in all major city names, the state's cultural icons, pop culture that pertains to that specific state, and a whole lot more fun, interesting, and educationally groovy stuff. The project took me over eight months to complete, and now they're yours forever. I have digital prints available for download on the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. These prints started off at about five bucks a pop, but not anymore. These high resolution prints are a dollar each. They're yours for a dollar each. So brighten up your walls and expand your mind with your favorite state. These prints are a dollar each. And there were so much more. These are these, these paintings are absolutely incredible. You're gonna love them. And if you don't like the state project, that's cool. That's cool. Johnny still has love for you. But check out the Spilled Inks Etsy shop to find all sorts of other wild art that will save your soul and blow your mind. So go down to the show notes for a direct link to the Spilled Inks Etsy shop. Go there, shop away, support the show because we love you and we love art too. So faders, without further ado, enjoy the show. If you're going to get your fade on, you got to get your fade on in style. That's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost 
Stone Palmade is the number one badass palmade, and I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, if I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Palmade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good, and it feels good. Ghost Town Palmade, badass palmade. And let me tell you one thing. It comes in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Palmade. This stuff is a man's palmade, and it is hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your bait on in style. Papa. In Tokyo and craving soul food, we've got just the place for you. Soul Food House in Azabujuban. Check out what we do at soulfoodhouse.com. Come by and taste the love. We look forward to feeding you. And we are back. Jeremy, motherfucker. How you doing? You're doing fine, man. I'm happy to be back and I'm ready to read this news. What you got going on over there? Nah, not much. I'm ready to dive into the news. First, I wanted to ask you what you be drinking. All right. I am drinking these festival-looking Asahi beer beers. They're, it's not the regular can. It's called a premium can or premium beers. It's like a... Uh, I don't know what it says on there, but it's like some kind of like festive festive can with ribbons and all kinds of shit on there. Yeah. I'm drinking Suntory Rich Malt, which has the si- similar to what you just said. It has the fall packaging on it. So they're rolling nice. those bad boys out now. Yeah, um, they're not bad. I always roll the fall boys out. Um, I always like that the, the fall beer. Like it's got like some kind of like I don't know, kind of a crisp taste to it. Yeah. I really like Japanese beers, man. I, I people, some people don't like Asahi's. They say that gives them a headache. Doesn't bother mm-hmm. me, man. Not at all. Which uh, out of the big three, what's your what's your favorite? Sapporo. Sapporo, really? Yeah. I, I know uh, Jeremy. I'm uh, sorry, John, Johnny's like uh, Asahi Silver Bullets all the way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a Kieran man, but like, there's not like if we're being honest, there's not a huge difference I don't think between most of them. Well, I mean, if you get into Abisu, like Abisu has kind of a sweeter finish to it. So after after you drink it, it's a sweet aftertaste, which is okay. But I don't want to drink six of those. But Sapporo is just like a lager, man. It's just like a crisp beer. You you could drink four or five of those and just be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always like to. Kieran's man, I don't know something about that deer. It's Kieran is it not a deer, bro? It's a giraffe. Oh, it's it's a mythical deer. It's not a giraffe. Giraffe. It's like a mythical like it's from their mythology. Oh yeah. Well, what do you say? What's the Japanese word for giraffe? Uh, Kieran. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's a giraffe. Motherfucker, motherfucker, a giraffe does not have horns. It does too. It's actually a mythical. What's that? A giraffe does have like a big horn and like knobs on its head. Horns. That's how it fights. Knobs, but not like fucking big, like, like you know, fucking goop, no, no, gobbledygook spiderwebs. It doesn't have head. antlers, but it has horns on its head for sure, bro. Okay, okay, okay fine. It's got horns, but not like, not like the fucking. Look at the picture. Look at the picture. Tell me that's a fucking giraffe. It's like it's a mythical deer from their like mythology bullshit it's, or whatever. It's a giraffe, dude. The word is is giraffe. It is a word, but look at the fucking picture. All right, let me ask you this question. Let's change the story a little bit. You've seen the Ibisu bottles, right? And it's got an old man, yeah. like a samurai sitting there, and he's holding a yeah. fish. Right? But did you know on some rare occasions, there's bottles out there where he's holding two fishes? 
Normally he's holding one. Yeah, and if, I, if you get a lucky one, he's holding two fishes. Yeah. I don't recall seeing those, but okay. Yeah, so whenever you go to buy an Ibisu, look at look on the can or the bottle and see if the guy's holding one fish or two fish. If he's holding two fishes, that's a lucky Ibisu. Ooh, I didn't know that. That's cool, huh? Uh, right. J- Jeremy had it because like Ebis is made in well Ebis, which is like once a stop away, one literally one stop away from where I am now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but anyway, J- J- and so Johnny was telling me he was over. He's like, yeah, dude, you know that like there was just like you know this bum out there who used to just go fishing out there in the river, and everybody liked him. And he kind of became the unofficial mascot. And they started pitch- pitching him like you know beers every once in a while. So he just like that's where they named the beer after him. I was like, really? And he, he actually had me going. Then until I realized, no, that's not no, that's not actually what it's like. Uh, Ebis is the the it's it's actually the god of fortune, specifically the fisherman. Yeah. So apparently, when, when he was born, his his legs were all fucked up. I guess so. They're just like, well, fuck it. Like he's deformed. Like fucking get rid of him. So they tossed him into the ocean. He was just like a, such a happy kid. He just swam around. And then, like, you know, he was nice to everybody. And, like, you know, fishermen would see him. He'd come by and be like, ooh, here's some fish, blah, blah, blah. And he got, you know, fat and happy. Oh, that's cool. Fat and happy. Yeah, he, so he's, it, like, that's, that's where it's from. It's a it's, uh, Japanese god of fortune, particularly okay. for fishermen. Very interesting. And if you find the one where he's holding two fishes, that's the lucky ABC. So you now have to keep an eye out for that shit. That's cool, because I, I learned that shit after I bought my bar, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I... Have I ever seen two fishes? I just I, I, I have a clear like distinct memory of like the, the can, like the logo, but like it's always, yeah. I just always remember one fish. Yeah, that's why it's a lucky one. It's like a four leaf clover. If you find the one with two fishes on there, and I find them all the time because we order a shit ton of them all the time. We yeah, but you own the fucking bar, so yeah, we you know, all the time. Yeah, if you're if you're not going through a lot of booze, then you know your business got to be hurting, right? Right. So that's fortunate for you, right? Thousands and thousands of dollars worth, man. Yeah. All right, Tom. Well, if, you're not, if you're not moving that fucking product, man, like you know, it's not good, right? Totally. That being said, let's hop into this news, man. All right. All right. I got the first story, and it's a All doozy. Right. It is a doozy. This is. I think this is the only thing uh, time we pull, we pulled a triple partner. We've done a follow up and another follow up. Right on. Right on. God willing, we'll have another one. Because right now we're into the trilogy. Hell yeah, hell yeah! All right, so this one says monkey, uh, monkey Jap- Japanese monkey hunting team shoots woman with a tranquilizer dart. <laughs> <laughs> Oops! And you thought a, you had a bad day. And it's got a picture of a. On the page has a picture of a monkey touching his dick. Great! Right. He's just sucking, sitting there touching his dick. Hey, little buddy! Like, no, no, he's grabbing his balls. He's like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, you ain't shooting me with the dart. Okay. Let's read this. Uh, city's attempt to protect residents from wild animals ends up sending one of them to the hospital. On Monday afternoon, residents of Fuji City, Shizuoka Prefecture, reported seeing a monkey that had wandered into the area from uh, near Fukisawa Station, uh, Fujikawa Station. In response, City Hall dispatched three municipal employees, uh, one and one contracted specialist armed with a tra- armed with tranquilizer rifles to subdue the animal. So basically, they hired the three Stooges, yeah, to come do this. <laughs> Pretty much, right? You, you, you can tell from the headline, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So funny. Uh, see, the four monkey hunters arrived at the station shortly before 3 p.m. and summoned a woman who had seen the monkey, so she could supply them with more information. 
what kind of information? It's over do you there, motherfucker. Yeah, it's over there, dude. Go over there and look for it. It's it's covered in hair and it's got its dick out. Um, <laughs> it kind of describes me too. But anyways, uh, it seems that uh, her report was cut, cut short because one, while she was still talking at the scene, she herself was shot by a tranquilizer dart, causing her to lose consciousness. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. So, uh, the type of dart she was shot with is roughly 150 millimeters or, or 5.9 inches in length, and it has a 30 millimeter tip. Uh, and no, the monkey had not managed to procure the weapon on its own and launch a counterattack. Uh, the dart was uh, launched its lodged itself in the woman's arm and came from one of the one of the human hunter's rifles. Oh my God, man! This is just this like a slapstick comedy. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But this this raises the question: like, how ugly was that lady, man? She's so ugly. They thought she was the monkey, and they shot her. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the monkey? Oh, there it is! Bang, 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 bang! Ooh, monkey! Oh, no, no, that's the lady. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! Have you ever have you ever experienced being around Japanese monkeys? Mm, I've only seen them in the zoo. Only in the zoo? No, I, I've experienced the wild ones. I went to Yakushima, which is another island off of off of Kyushu. Uh, you gotta go. You gotta go to Kagoshima. Uh, wait, Kagoshima first, and then you take a small, stupid little prop plane to the next island. It's just Yakushima. And I went down there, and that place has got a shit ton of monkeys that are just running around. And they do have giant fangs, dude. And they open their mouth incredibly wide. Scary shit. So did you fuck with them? Did you fight any of them? Fuck no, dude. I'm not, I hate I hate like animals that are big getting close to me, so I just rolled up the windows of the truck I was in. And we're like, just, yeah, don't make eye contact with them. Don't show them your teeth, whatever. Just stay the fuck away from them. Whoa. All right, Tom. I see you. How, how big are these fuckers? Um, about the size of a six-year-old child. They're big. So that's that's pretty big, man. Yeah, they're 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 big. Like, like you said, like yeah, they got big old bangs. They get nasty. Man, like what the fuck, man? What the fuck is going on here? This is like three fucking times in a row we've got stories about this. They keep like monkeys. First of all, like you have anyone who's just t- tuning in hasn't heard, listened to a previous episode. These monkeys are just fucking rampaging, running around causing mayhem, just like sneaking to people's homes, assaulting them, biting them, and just basically starting shit. Yeah. So they formed a monkey task force to take care of them, try to quell the problem, and the monkeys are still going on. They just keep escalating. They're like, motherfucker, I ain't going down without a fight. Monkeys give zero fucks about rules. Right? So now they've got these. Since they've gotten some very confident employee and, tra- and very well trained city employees, now they're running around shooting people with fucking darts and knocking them out. So funny! Hit her in the arm. I wish it hit her in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> Three darts is too much. Too much. <laughs> so what the fuck, man? What, what are we gonna call this episode? Like uh, Monkey Pox Pop Apocalypse Part Three: The Uprising. Something like that. Right. Reckoning, uprising. Now, we, I used Reckoning last time for the sequel, so I think we're going to have to go with the uprising. Fuck, dude. I will say this, man. If the monkey did actually take the... the had the monkey actually taken the gun away and used it itself, I think I'd just jump out the window now. It's like, all right, fucking... We're, okay, we, we humans have had a good run, but I think uh, we all know what the next dominant species is going to be. Yep. Caesar's going to teach him how to, how to use weapons. Pretty much. Yeah. 
All right, Tom, how about the next story? All righty. Hold on, if I can see. Oh, come on. Oh, okay. There we go. And speaking of stupidity and bad decisions, unlicensed drunk driver involved in hit and run makes pathetic attempt to avoid police. I blame Grand Theft Auto for making it look too easy. On August 12th at approximately 9.20 p.m., right on the rainy streets of Kiyosei, Tokyo, a 54-year-old man was walking. Just as he moved to avoid a puddle, he was hit from behind by a light truck, suffering serious injuries that are expected to take two weeks to, re to recover from. Driver of the vehicle, 33-year-old Tomoyuki Saito, goddamn Saito-san, immediately drove off after striking the victim. Saito had been bar hopping and drank about 10 highballs prior to the incident. In addition, he had lost his license. What? Yeah, 10. That's a lot. Yeah, that's that's a lot of fucking highball action. That's, that's what like a, That's nearly a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say like, yeah, you're, you're barman as well. I was gonna say that's that's close to a bottle, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like, I, I, what was it like? Highball's a double shot, and then it's just like a squirt of soda, right? Something like that. Yeah, it depends on the size of the glass you're putting in. But like in my place, it'd be like a a double with a top it off with soda. So yeah, you're looking at like about a liter a liter of whiskey there, bro. At ten, fuck. I'm surprised yeah, he's still right? standing. Yeah. Well, apparently, apparently he's a professional drunk. Not so much with the professional driving. Uh, here's where it gets a little bit hairy. He had lost his license in a previous DUI seven years ago and was driving the, uh, a truck with an, ins an inspection sticker that expired more than a year ago. So, yeah, you should have been driving under any circumstances. The windshield on Saito's truck shattered and the body was noticeably dented from the collision. Also, there was a witness uh, on the street at the same time as, uh, as well as surveillance cameras. Likely realizing all this... Saito appeared to have made a cunning plan to elude law enforcement. He would just paint his truck a different color. <laughs> he lives in a cartoon. Right? <laughs> this fucking wily coyote logic here, right? <laughs> exactly what I mean. Sorry. All right, right. So we've already got we've got dumbasses that are supposed to be like you know quelling the monkey riots, like shooting shooting random people, not people, not not not, not the monkeys they're meant to go after with tranquilizers. Now we got this dipshit driving around drunk, going fuck, I just hit somebody. Oh, it'll be fine. I'll get away with it. I'll just paint my truck a different color. No one will notice, right? <laughs> Except for all the blood and hair on it. Right. It's, like, it's also like, you know, those uh, old school, like camouflage, like T-shirts that said, like, you know, just camouflage T-shirt that says, you, then have like a sticker on the front where it says, you can't see me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. However, as you imagine, a repeat drunk driver, unable to get a license or his vehicle inspected, isn't exactly the most industrious person in the world. And so by the time the police caught up with Saito, his vehicle had gone from pure white truck, which can be seen in the following report. Though he admitted to the hit and run, in fairness, Saito did not cop to attempting to fool police by uh, partially painting his vehicle a jaunty papaya orange. <laughs> that'll make it less conspicuous. Half orange, not a whole. He didn't paint the whole truck, just half of it. Right, yeah. yeah stupid ass. Yeah. The way they capture him is like they they paint a they paint a tunnel on a, on a solid brick wall, and he tries to drive <laughs> into the tunnel and crashes it. Right. That's cartoon just, like, like Yeah, I, I was used to think that was great. So like, he'd pay, yeah, he'd do that fucking painting thing. The roadrunner just like run right through it and be like, look around, then he'd like smack into it. Yeah, that's funny. Fucking, yeah, great. fucking cartoon logic. 
Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, when you're that drunk, I guess you do operate on your cartoon logic. Stupid ass, right? All right. All right. Stupid is as stupid is. All right, uh, Jeremy, you get the next one. Yeah. Sushi chef drops knives on train, causing a panic and delays. All right. Let me just preface this with uh, you can tell this is probably written by a non native English speaker. You'll know why in a minute. Uh, given, <laughs> given the general rarity of firearms in Japan, knives are fre- frequently used by those looking to intimidate others or inflict violence. Among those, kitchen knives are frequently frequently mentioned in armed robbery reports, uh, likely due to the imposing size and sharpness. So these kitchen tools can be uh, can cause an alarm when seen outside of their natural habitat. Okay. Uh, such as on an express train running along the KQ airport airport line in Ota, Tokyo, at about 6.40 p.m. on August 26th. Uh, It was there that three kitchen knives fell out of a man's bag, causing one panicked passenger to hit the emergency door, a lever that allows the uh, passengers to manually open the carriage doors. So, first off, I don't know what a door cock is. Why didn't he just say a lever? I mean, why is it a door cock? Because they had to use cock. <laughs> had to, he had to get his cock in there somehow. Yeah. Well, if, if you scroll down to the bottom, as you say, it was written by a uh, was it H- 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 Kiko Hachima, so it, a woman. So obviously, she's all she about had the cock. cock. Brain. Yeah, she's all about the cock. So, yeah. anyways, the train made an emergency stop at Anamori Inari Station, so the passengers could escape through the doors onto the platform. Uh, and a so-called emergency number, uh, and some called the emergency number one one zero for police, or posted on social media that a, that there was a person with a knife on the train. So basically, they o- they overreacted to this guy dropping his knives on the trains. The sushi chef, Sh- sushi chef. So all services were temporarily temporarily suspended for the KQ Airport line up to forty minutes due to the commotion. However, it was quickly learned that the owner of the knives was simply a sushi chef in his fifties who was moving the blades to his new workplace. Uh, he was a little tipsy at the time and had dozed off while riding the train. And a sashimi knife, a regular kitchen knife, and a pointed carving knife known as a deba bocho uh, that he had kept uh, in a drawstring bag had gotten loose and fallen out when he moved. Yeah, so basically these people were just fucking panicked and caused all this trouble and caused the the train to stop for 40 minutes. Tom, have you ever been in, uh, on a train and had it, have it stop for some crazy reason? Yeah, I've had a few stop a few times. The one that I was thinking of is the Chuo line. The Chuo line, man, it stops for everything, dude. If it rains too hard, if uh, it doesn't rain hard enough. Fucking Chuo line, dude. It's Chuo line's ridiculous. There's like I, I once got stopped in the Chuo line because there's like because like it's out in the fucking countryside. And because there was a cow that was standing on the train tracks and refused to move. Damn, dude, that that Chua line is a pain in the ass. Yeah, I can't believe this guy dropped his fucking is. knives. Though. What an asshole! Yeah. All right, I had another one. Like, uh, the train di- didn't just stop, but there was a. F- I guess there was a fire in one of the cars. Like, some of the, the wiring or something underneath the car got like wet. There's a small fire. It was quickly put out, but they had to. Not only did they stop the train, they pulled it off off to the side, and I'm like, yo, it's my fucking stop. You can just open the door and let me out here, and I'll just fucking walk home. Like, let me out, dude. I was up all night. Yeah, I understand. Totally. Yeah, I was like, pissed. Yeah. Pissed, pissed. All right, dude, yeah. hop on to the next story, brother. 
right, here we go. Suntory Eyes, U.S. can cocktail pushes young Japanese shun booze. Japanese drinks giant Suntory last year debuted a strong lemony brew in Australia that quickly became a top seller in the canned cocktail market there. Now the company is aiming to replicate its success in North America, critical to its aim in becoming global leader in the fastest growing alcoholic drink segment. Expanding overseas is also a matter of survival for Japanese drink companies facing an aging market at home and is shipped away from alcohol among younger people, which we already fucking talked about last time we were yeah. here. Yeah, I can't. I, I still like can't boggles my mind that like just just quick sidebar that basically the Japanese go- government are saying, "Are you a woman who's over twenty and under forty? Then you need to go out and get drunk and get knocked up." <laughs> That's basically what they're telling the you know the twenty thirty something women. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a thing that it really happens. It's not we're not something we're making up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know, right? But like, they obviously got a lot of backlash, backlash for that because they're like, "We'll just drink more so we can, you know, pay our ridiculous salaries." Please, sure. we need the tax money. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, Australia is a very important test market for the global strategy," said uh, um, Makoto Kita Ura, the senior general manager at Suntory. If we have a success in Australia, then other Western countries like the U.S. and the U.K. may have an interest in trying a new brand. And we can see a huge mar- uh, growth mar- uh, potential in the U.S. market. The company tapped a localized team to adapt its Japanese bestseller Strong Zero for the Australian market. Lemony Tang was tweaked and the alcohol was dialed down from nine per- 59% to a more drinkable 6%. It also branded the, the new the canned cocktail negative uh, 196 double lemon in Australia. Highlighted the extreme cold that Suntory claims to use to extract flavors from fresh fruit. Sold out almost immediately after launching, said Alana House, the editor for City-based Drink Digest. The drink priced at about $4.50 Aussie dollars, uh, 310 US. For an 11-ounce can, had the advantage of being seen as a cult product in Japan. The strong flavor profile and high alcohol by volume 6% versus 4.5% typical for a beer in the country, she added. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, and it goes it goes on. Basically, they're like, well, we don't know. So, basically, try to tap it in the market. They try to use Australia as a testing zone. It was a wild success. But they're like, basically, it goes on to say, we don't know if we can sell it to, in, in America. Yeah, well, then you nut up or shut up, man, because like 4% alcohol is not even going to affect you very much, man. You have to drink so many of those to get to get drunk. In Japan, yeah, like, you, have, you 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 know what? You can probably you probably have to search to find a 6% chew high, man. Now they're all 9% for the most part, aren't they? Uh, a lot of them are 6%. The 7-Eleven special, 7-Eleven's got a bunch of specials. Actually, I, those are the ones I drink usually because they're they're actually the cheapest. Yeah, six so to seven's like, good for me, but nine is a is a fucking killer. Right, yeah, nine's good. Like, yeah, you got to be careful of those because they'll knock you on your ass. Actually, I remember like a year, a year or two ago, they had a mango one for a limited time. It was twelve percent. Jesus. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, did exactly what you think. It'll knock you on your ass because, like, again, with shoe high, like, there's a lot of sugar in there and it's really smooth sailing. It just goes down so quick and you can barely taste the alcohol. So those things will get you fucked up. Yeah. Everyone has got a chew high story, dude. And I, I've drank them and I remember just like being on the beach and just like passing out mid sentence. Cause I had just, I, I didn't realize how much alcohol was getting into my system. Cause like you said, they're just sweet and they go down like, like a juice almost. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. They're, they're nice and busy and like, yeah, they're, they're good. They're delicious. Yeah. yeah. The strong. Yeah, but like, yeah. Yeah, but like, yeah, I think the strong zeros, though, in particular, kind of, they're almost kind of like the unofficial, like, gaijin drink. Pretty much, yeah. I yeah, like it. I mean, you see people, you see, you see gaijin drinking them, like, on the street half the time. Half the time, they're, they're drinking a beer or they're drinking one of the strong zeros. Actually, I'll, I'll, I will say this, though, I personally don't like them. I've never have. I love them. Really? Um, here, here's my major dig. They use some kind of weird artificial sweetener, and it just does not taste right to me. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, actually, I, I drink the Seven Eleven specials because like they're about fifty yen cheaper, and they're the same thing. They're fifty yen cheaper, and they actually use real sugar in there. They don't taste all fucked up, and they'll, they'll, they'll do the same thing. And they're cheaper. You just have to find a Seven Eleven. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me hop onto this next story real quick. All right, Japanese all right. Japanese town spends twenty five million yen in COVID money on giant squid statue and says it's paid off big. So a gigantic squid statue was given a huge boost to the economy, a city claims. The Japanese government has provided various aid to communities to help them cope with the difficulties of life during the pandemic. This included grants to help sustain and revitalize local economies. Uh, One of the more unique plans uh, for using the money came from the city of Noto, in Ishikawa Prefecture, where the politician in charge of the town uh, decided to build a giant 13 miller, uh, mil, uh, sorry, th- 13 meter, 42.65 foot long statue of a squid. The <laughs> statue was not cheap at all. Uh, Noto spent 25 million or 241,500 U.S. dollars at the exchange rates at this time. Uh, of the U.S. I mean, of the government's grant money to build the Ika King or King Squid, and wasn't even able to finish it, uh, as the city had come to in, into problems and it needed two million more yen to complete uh, the ten uh, tentacle installation part. <laughs> wow. Okay. So why? Well, Noto's famous for its local caught locally caught squid. And the town's roadside souvenir shop, a tourist center, uh, uh, Skuku Mall, is also called Squid Station. The Ika King, or Squid King, is located right outside Skuku Mall. And stated hope, uh, and the stated hope was that the statue would help attract more visitors who would then purchase uh, regional products and otherwise contribute to the local economy. Uh, it's 27, uh, 27 million is a pretty huge investment for a squid subsidiary, though. Uh, seeing that it has zero yen expense in the annual budget almost every year, uh, almost every year, uh, every town in Japan, oh, whatever, that's really written re- weird. Okay, so basically, they got this 25 million yen, and they needed 27, but they went ahead and started this squid, and they built it hoping that it would bring in other people to the economy they're saying it, they're saying it has they're saying it was worth it uh noto claims the statue has resulted in visitors pumping the, uh about 600 million into uh ishikawa's economy and and people say that's more than 22 times the cost of the statue well what do you think tom big ass fucking squid. i don't know do you, do you believe him or do you think this is a politician pulling a cya Cover your ass. Oh, I haven't seen the documents to prove that. That's, I mean, that's a claim that he's making. I haven't seen the documents to prove the 600 million. How does he, how does he arrive at that 600 million even number? Right. 
So I don't know. It sounds a little bit fishy, and this squid is kind of. I'm looking at the pictures in it. Yeah, fishy or just I don't know. Let's just call it what it is. Fucking god awful. Yeah. Can, can you pictures. actually like? Is that a, is that is this is like mouth hole open where you can actually climb inside it? I think you That's can. What I was looking at right. Yeah, it's got a giant mouth right? hole. Yeah. God. Jesus Christ. What are they thinking? Then again, like, you know, dumber things have worked in Japan. Like, uh, there was some train station in the middle of Bumblefuck that was going to get shut down because basically it wasn't getting enough people weren't getting off at the stops. So they're just going to discontinue it. Right. But like, you know, there, there are a few people out there, like old folks that like have mobility issues. And, like everybody panics. They went through a couple like, you know, campaigns trying to save it. You know what yeah. fucking wound up saving it? They got a fucking cute kitten as a mascot and people went up there as a tour as to do tourist shit and take ki- pictures of the cute kitten and buy merch. Right. I, I think so, I know that place. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you, might, you might've heard of like shit like that, like happening. So I don't know. We got about 10 minutes. We have to finish up because of uh, a limit here on zoom. So want to read one last story and end it with that. Sure. Saitama lieutenant calls subordinates lunch garbage, then loses job for eating garbage lunches. <laughs> Class houses. That's when I was a teenager, I worked at a fast food restaurant, and often at the end of the day, there'd be unsold burgers left over. I remember asking the manager if I could take one, but he refused, saying the store policy forbid it because employees might be encouraged to intentionally make food, extra food just so they could get it for free at the end of the day. Despite their reasoning, it seemed like a waste of food to me. Which is why I can sympathize with the actions of Lieutenant uh, with the Detention Management Division of General Affairs Department of Saitama Correctional Police. However, unlike me, he never bothered to ask to take leftover food and ultimately it cost his job. Uh, the division where he worked ha- uh, handled the bento issued to prisoners, but never sure on how many people might in- end up in detention on any given day, there will be extra lunch rushes le- ordered. The 50-year-old lieutenant, believing that throw away food, throwing away food like this was a waste, helped himself to one of the extras. He did this often, and over four and a half years, uh, he did this often over the four and a half years that he worked there. However, these bento were property of the uh, detention management division, and taking them without permission was tantamount to theft. Each one was said to have cost about 300 yen, two dollars and eighteen cents, which could have added up. To quite a bit over the years. As punishment, his pay was docked by 10% for six months. In addition to the lunches, the lieutenant was also accused of, of several cases of power harassment, which is when his superiors display bullying behavior to subordinates at the workplace. In one instance, the lieutenant said, said to have walked up to a lower ranking officer who was eating his lunch, paid for a prepared for his weight, that said, That bento looks like garbage. <laughs> I guess this guy's a fucking asshole. Yeah. That was a particularly odd insult to make since the tenant himself was regularly eating bento intended for the garbage. Granted, their condition was fine, but it wouldn't be incorrect to refer to this as an actual garbage bento. The irony was not lost on the readers of the news issues with some suggesting the lieutenant was actually complimenting the officer's bento. <laughs> Among uh, general uh, people that felt anger over the power harassment. Given the double offense of theft and power harassment, the lieutenant voluntarily retired on uh, August 25th, shortly after his punishment was handed down. The Saitama Prefectural Police also also issued a statement saying, quote, it is regrettable that this incident, uh, incident damaged the trust of the people in the prefecture. We'll make efforts to prevent this from happening again. Hopefully they do, because if frequent reports are anything to go by, the problem of power harassment is especially prominent police forces and sometimes tragic consequences. So what do you think? Think it's I a think- garbage lunch? I think he fucked up by taking the bentos out of the jail. 
Because if he ate them while he was there on the job, then he wouldn't have been stealing them. Right? If you take them home, that's stealing. But if you eat them there, it's not stealing. It's just eating. Right? So Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all about it's all yeah, about. We, like, I think he done fucked up in a lot of ways, though. Also, like I don't know, man. The guy's a dick. You know, just, why, why would you randomly walk up to someone that's like, "Yo, your fucking like you know lunch bus, your wife makes you looks like shit." <laughs> why would you do that? He secretly wanted it. He wanted it. He wanted the guy right? to throw it away so he could grab it and eat it. Because he, right? he would yeah, get it, it out of the trash. Right? Yeah. This is probably like a weird fucking kink he's got. So he had his fucking chopsticks in the other, he's num, 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 then his fucking dick in his hand, in his other hand, was jerking away, going, mm, mm, garbage, bento, mm, 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 oh, oh, here we go with a special sauce. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. What a great, great image to end on. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So, hey, man, they look like shit, they're bound for the garbage, so oh, yeah. man's got to do what a man's got to do. All right, dude. Hey, Tom, thanks for hanging out today. It was good uh, to podcast with you, and I hope to see you again soon, man. Yeah, you too, man, Jeremy. Uh, thanks for doing this special episode, and unfortunately, Johnny cannot be here, but uh, don't worry. I'm sure he'll be back next week. All, All right, right, Jeremy, so- thanks for taking the time to hang with me and, like, you know, awesome news articles, awesome stories. And as always, thanks you. thank you. And to our kind listeners, uh, uh, to our faders out there, we say uh, check us out. We're on all the social media platforms, which, you know, includes Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Obviously, you know, you listen to iTunes or fucking Podbean or whatever you're at. And, yeah, check it out and check our sponsors out. And, Jeremy, you want to plug anything before you go? Yeah. If you're in Fukuoka, come to Eight Stars American Bar. That's my place. Come by and say hi. Um, if you don't have money to join us on Patreon, don't worry about it. You can share our videos, share our podcast with your friends. That helps us out just as much. Leave us a five-star review and, you know, make sure you spell our names correctly. Thanks a lot. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, same goes for us. Uh, yeah, please leave, please do leave us a five-star review, you know, a like or a comment or, you know, share it if you, if you like this episode because every little bit helps. And yeah, also, and if you're really, really interested, check out our Patreon page. You know, for five bucks, we got a bunch of extra content, like tons and tons and tons of extra stuff. That'll do it, man. Yeah. So see you next time. Peace. Bye bye. Jeremy, man, thanks. Thanks again for hanging. See you, buddy. Everybody see go fuck time. yourself. Bye <laughs> <laughs> bye. My little brother, a goddamn shit sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. I've got a government job to abuse. <laughs> Only wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Out the pressure. I can't take it. I can't stand it. You sure I should do this, man? We're going freaky. We came, we saw, we kicked his ass. Your move is crazy. Man, I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Suicide, it's a suicide. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.